Oh, there we go. That's what we're looking for right there. Monday night, a little dark out already. Where did summer go? It was summer today, but pfft, it's dark now. Just fixing the cameras. Oh, got a shaky YouTube cam. There we go. Have I mentioned that I share this office with my daughter? This is her schoolroom now. It's quite something. Can you relate to that, friends? Are your kids all up on your digital devices messing with things like your YouTube camera and I don't know, other things? You know what happens to me? Every Sunday I got smart this week and remembered to reboot my computer first thing when I woke up. But uh, every Sunday morning I, I do my our church service. I, I produce the the service on zoom i don't do too much in it but i make sure the camera's always on the right person and uh but because of i don't know what it is my daughter's using for school but man it makes my computer very unhappy and i have to reboot it to shake off all the edumacational stuff anyway remember to do it first thing this morning so i wasn't panicking at 9 30 going eh, am i rebooted yet so Anyway, you didn't need to know that, but guess what? You heard it, because uh, welcome to my life. Uh, how y'all doing today? Man, what a cracker of a day. If you were in Toronto or surrounding areas, it was summer today. And it's going to be summer for the rest of the week by the look of it, which makes me very happy. It does make me think that a lot of people will question my, uh, my beer choice tonight. And uh, that's your prerogative, I suppose. I, for one, think Imperial Stouts are an anytime kind of beer. Maybe not an any anytime, but a lot of people think you can only drink an Imperial Stout in the winter, and I think those people are crazy and don't know how to have a good time. No offense if that's you, but you're crazy and you don't know how to have a good time. Uh, I just completely blanked on what I was going to say. I was going to introduce you to the beer. I'm going to have a sip of what I'm working on right now, though. Um, oh, that's nice. Not Great Lakes. Don't let the glass fool you. Mm, 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 mm. that's a nice nice beer that is um this guy wait you no not you yeah you this is a uh a reverse psychology from rorschach double dry hopped ipa it's tasty i also got some of this one i had this one earlier truth serum another good ipa rorschach makes some real good ipas I think I knew that, and I think I'd kind of forgotten it. I kind of always, not always, but certainly for the past year or two, thought about Rorschach as like a barrel-y or Belgian-y, bottle-y kind of brewery. The four Bs. Barrel-y, bottle-y brewery. Wait, I forgot one. Barrel-y, Belgian-y, bottle-y brewery. But man, these IPAs are, they're as good as anything, I'll tell you that, and better than a lot. Hmm, that is quite nice. I'm going to have a bit more of that later. But we are doing an Imperial Stout tonight. Now, I said last week, oh, you know what? I haven't had in a minute. I haven't had a Rorschach in a while. And I explained how that's more or less on my way home. Now, I didn't say this at the time, but normally on a Monday, I go to physio and my physio uh, therapist practices just down the road, just down Eastern from Rorschach. So it actually 
could be directly on my way home uh, after physio. Somehow something happened and I didn't have an appointment today, though. Don't know if that was my end or their end. They're very good. It's one academy, by the way. Highly recommend it. But for one reason or another, I didn't have a physio appointment today. So I did have to kind of intentionally go by Rorschach. And let me tell you, it was worth it. I hadn't been by, obviously, since COVID started. I say obviously, that might not be obvious to you, but it's obvious to me. But I was used to, you go in the front door, beautiful building, old house, Le Papillon was there for a while, and then uh, Rorschach took it over, beautiful space, nice brewery, rooftop patio, used to be that our rugby pitch was like right next to it, um, but unfortunately by the time they opened I was coaching, but I'd had goals of dropping the kids off for rugby and then sitting on the patio and drinking beer and watching them. Uh, those unfortunately never came to fruition. Uh, coaching got in the way of that. I do drink beer after I coach on the pitch, but we'll keep that shit done. Also, we've been practicing at Saytech in Scarborough, which does my head in, but this isn't the Chris complains about rugby politics. This is the Toronto beer podcast with me, Chris Schreier. So let's talk a bit more about beer. Anyway, I went by. I'm used to you go in and as you go in the front door, there's a bottle fridge. And if you just want bottles, you grab them there, you pay for them right there and then you head back out. But because of COVID, they have um, what do we want to call it? A hatchway or like a, an open it's a big open window on the side of the building. You walk up, you order your beers, you chat, you pay. It's really quite civilized and nice. They have some picnic tables set up especially now that the weather is getting nice and hopefully a lot of you listening are vaccinated. And by the way, if you're over 18, there are plenty of places that you can get a Pfizer or Moderna uh, vaccine. And I would highly recommend it. Uh, actually, no, I would more than highly recommend it. I would say if you don't get it, but you can, then you're an idiot. Uh, so take that. But uh, as more people are getting vaccinated and are, you know, able to spread their wings a little bit. If you're looking for a nice spot to stop by, I tell you, Rorschach, doing good things, so swing by there. Anyway, I walked up to that uh, window myself uh, just a few hours ago, and uh, I had seen that a uh, friend of the pod, Jordan St. John, had posted he'd had two bottles of uh, this guy, which is Malevolent Benevolence, which of course is a fun little name, isn't it? Malevolent Benevolence. Oh, it feels good to say it. It sounds great. And it's kind of silly. It's perfect. Um, but this is a uh, barrel aged Imperial Stout. This is a big boy clocking in at 11.9% alcohol, which uh, if you know about LCBO labeling laws. Anyway, uh, we'll go with it's 11.9%. Sounds good to me. Um, Lovely 375 mil bottles, very solid feeling bottles. These would be great for Belgians. I bet they can hold a lot of pressure. Um, but anyway, um, grabbed not just this. So Jordan had, I think, the Woodford Reserve bourbon barrel and a Mezcal barrel. Uh, Mezcal, of course, uh, like tequila, but not from the tequila region. So isn't that cute? The one with the worm, incidentally. Most people think the worm is in uh, tequila. No, we're talking mezcal and we're talking worms. Anyway, he had the two. And I said, I went over, I said, hey, do you have some of that? And they said, oh, yeah, we got a couple different ones. And they brought out four. So I bought them all. Uh, so we've got um, this is the uh, 2020 Templeton Rye Whiskey Barrel Aged. That's this one. Put a pin in that, kids. This is the 2020 Woodford Reserve Bourbon barrel aged. 
I hope you're making notes. I'm going to say that one last. This is the uh, 2020 Añejo Tequila barrel. Now, I was very interested in the Mezcal one. They didn't have any more of that, but they did have this tequila one. So it could be interesting. And then this one, this could be the sleeper. I'm not sure. By the way, I'm not drinking all four of these. Okay. It's a Monday night. I got to work tomorrow. This is the 2020 Cabernet Sauvignon barrel aged imperial stout oh that could be if you're listening to the podcast you can't see this but for some reason i'm rubbing the neck of the bottle on the tip of my nose it's still sealed anyway i have four now sometimes at this point in the podcast i have like a whole host of people watching and uh, listening numbers are a little leaner right now i was gonna put it out to tender and say if you want to vote now in the chat tell me what you think i should drink and uh, and I will. And if you want to, there are a few people uh, feel free. But I was hoping there would be a little bit more of a, a vote or a group consensus. But you know what? Can't pick how these things happen. While you all stop and think about this for a minute, I'm going to have another sip of this delicious. What was this one? What did we say it was? It wasn't truth serum. It was the other one. Now I've forgotten already. Okay, well, I've only had one vote on one of my uh, my things, and funny enough, it was as if you were listening to me. It was for the uh, the tequila, the añejo. So I'm gonna have the añejo barrel aged imperial stead. This is gonna be a bit of a romp, I think. Um, I am excited about this cabernet though. Yeah, and the other two, Ryan Bourbon. I'm down, but I'm gonna put these three back. I'll have them later. I'll report in. Don't worry. Okay. Sorry, glass bottles. You just got to be a little bit more careful how you load them in the fridge. Cans, pff, I don't care. Throw them in there and uh, we'll do what we do. But bottles, I mean, they're, they're durable, but they're still glass. Anyway, hey, what do we got? So, Benevolent Benevolence 2020 Añejo Tequila Barrel Aged. So now, did you notice probably what's happened here? They've made a big batch of Imperial Stout, and then they've put it in a variety of different barrels that they have. Different expressions of the same beer. The base beer, I'm sure, is exactly the same. Uh, and then we're talking about um, the characteristics picks up from the barrel. Now, an interesting project, and maybe I should have done this, would have been to see if they had a non-barrel-aged one. Just the Imperial Stout, you know, aged in steel. And then I could baseline it. But I can't do that, at least not tonight. So because of that, we're just going to dive right into this. Now, I've gotten a, a real nice glass. This is a Spiegelau uh, tulip glass. Very fancy. I spare no expense for this podcast. Costs me virtually nothing to make. Not entirely true, but we'll go with virtually nothing. Hey, let's get a little uh, Foley going. See, it's got a it's got a crown cap if you're listening to the podcast. Because remember, glass bottle. That didn't sound very glassy. That was better. I'm going to open it. Yeah. Oh, oh, my gosh. Oh, the smell coming out of this thing. It's like I just just dropped a delicious scent bomb in my office. I'll take it. Uh, get this on camera. Here we go. Well, I'll tell you this. 
It's definitely an Imperial Stout. Let's try and get some head in here. No, I'm not going to. Yeah, that's a terrible joke. Don't make that joke, guys. Don't be that person. Terrible joke. Um, what do we got? Well, if you're looking on the cameras, that's black. Uh, it is black. It is. It was. It, you could see quite brown uh, while it was pouring, but it is black. The head on that is, uh, we would say, khaki. Uh, it is uh, like a dark mocha. Yeah, coffee with cream. Think about that. Dark brown, aggressively brown, which I like. Uh, I'm just giving a little swirl, letting the, like. Uh, it's just dumping chocolate out of the glass and into my scent holes. I'm going to sniff it now, by the way. Oh, my gosh. That is. OK. I don't know if I should go with this analogy yet. No, I'm going to sniff it, give you some generalizations, and then I'll tell you what I'm thinking. So, I mean, a ton of chocolate. A big shot of tequila fun to say that shot of tequila see what i did there no lime no lemon no salt nothing like that but tequila for sure and chocolate cocoa actually i mean like very dark dark chocolate there's a smoky quality to it but it's not like smoked malt it's more like charred wood if that makes sense yeah it's almost ashy that doesn't sound super appealing, but work with me on this. It's pretty good. There's a real uh, licorice note, but I think that that's something to do with the way that the malts and the tequila are playing together. I mean, there's a very woody quality to it, an oaky quality. That kind of ties in with that char, though. Oh, dark fruits, too. Uh, like prune. Yeah, jammy, dark, dried fruit. Uh, <sighs> you know, I'm just going to drink it now. I could keep going. I feel like I'm going to keep finding new things out about this beer. This is massive already. I really hope it's not terrible when I taste it, but it's not going to be terrible. They wouldn't release it if it were. <laughs> mm. Oh, my gosh. That's really good and really sweet. Oh, and obviously quite warming. This is why people do like to drink them in the winter. It's a bit boozy, but it's nice. <laughs> Gonna have another sip here. One second. Mmm. Mmm. Wow. Interestingly, right off the top. The, the biggest impression flavor wise on the palate is. Uh, hey, Kevin, welcome aboard, buddy. Is. Uh dark fruit it's um yeah chewy and jammy um unexpectedly tons of cocoa some coffee maybe for sure again a little bit of um ashy kind of char but it tastes more like barrel uh char than smoked malt and then yeah the tequila is there for sure it's more prevalent on the nose though which is interesting a very agave tequila kind of smell but on the palate, that's interesting. It's definitely there, but it's a, it's a supporting character, which for a barrel isn't necessarily what you're expecting. A lot of the time you're thinking it's going to be a, uh, it's going to be a dominant taste, especially like you think about bourbon barrels. 
often it's just like, boom, vanilla, bourbon, tobacco, oak. Oh, yeah, and there's some beer in here. This one's much more. Again, the, the stout, although I wonder if some of that fruitiness is is like being affected by the tequila and it's kind of bringing it up a bit. But yeah, it's just like, yeah, uh, prunes and maybe like like dried fig. Oh, definitely a hit of coffee if you aerate it a little bit as you're in it, as you're sipping it. And and dark chocolate, not milk, but very cocoa-y chocolate. Also not like cocoa powder. It's chocolate. There's cocoa butter in there, at least in the taste. Uh, definitely not in the actual beer or there'd be no head retention. Uh, but cocoa-y bit of chocolate. Yeah, a little ashy, but again, I think that's the barrel's influence, not so much uh, the the malts. Um, oh, Kevin's asking. Uh, yeah, I can tell you what I'm drinking. This is uh, Manevel... No, <laughs> no, apparently I can't tell you what I'm drinking. Let me try that again. This is the <laughs> Malevolent Benevolence uh, uh, Imperial Stout from Rorschach, and this particular expression is the Añejo Tequila Barrel Aged version, Kevin. Uh, I have four. This one, Woodford. Uh, I can't remember who's rye. Another one that's rye. Woodford's bourbon, obviously. Not obvious. I think Woodford does do a full rye. Could be wrong about that. And a Cabernet Sauvignon. Anyway, went with the... Uh, what did we say this one was? Añejo. Oh, and Beer Nebozo's here too. Happy days. Um... That's what I'm drinking, and, and it's blowing my mind. So, things, if you just were to tell me what's an imperial stout going to taste like, I would say it's going to taste um, fairly uh, bitter, but the bitterness isn't going to be hop-related. It's going to be like dry, cocoa-y bitter. There's going to be potentially coffee, chocolate, smoke, burnt sugar. Think like creme brulee topping. Um... And, and any smokiness or burnt sugary thing, that's from the malt, because black malts like that tend to carry a bit of a smoky uh, taste, right? Um, they're, they're, they're blackened. They are burnt. That's where the color comes from. Oh, dear. My Instagram machine just told me that JB Smoove just started a live video. JB Smoove, leave me alone. I'm trying to do a live video over here. Stop trying to steal my people. You've been listening to JB Smoove's podcast. It's really good. It's called May I Elaborate? But that's neither here nor there. Uh, this Imperial Stout has some chocolate to it, for sure, as discussed. Not quite cocoa powder, but very dark, like 80, 90 percent cocoa chocolate. It's got a little bit of a coffee taste to it that I got when I slurped it rather than sipped it. So let me demonstrate. This is a sip. See, you probably didn't hear much. This is a slurp. Could you hear that? There was a little as I inhaled it, air got into it as it was hitting my tongue. And I got a bit of coffee out of it, but much more so than either of that, I get this big, dark, jammy fruit, which is almost like something you expect out of like a, a Belgian quad where you get those dark, dried fruits that are really chewy and sweet, quite jammy. This has got a lot of that. And I, I would say, I think it's something to do with the malts and the tequila, what the tequila is kind of doing, because there's a bit of a tequila taste, but there's a way bigger tequila aroma. So I think it's almost like maybe it's playing a bit of a trick on my brain and I'm getting 
some of sometimes you can get dark fruity characteristics out of imperial stouts and jamminess that's not uncommon but it's not the norm necessarily or it's not prevalent it's not the the first taste that you get um it's normally more of a supporting role you tend to get more of those roasted barley uh tastes but uh this one's got a really jammy fruity quality to it that i really like it's but it's very surprising also let me have one more sip mm. That's yeah, so interesting. Huh. Um, I was going to say also uh, very sweet. This is a very heavy bodied, not quite syrupy, but it's it's a sweet beer. A lot of residual sugar in here for sure. For sure. Like literally my lips are almost a little sticky. Um, normally we talk about stickiness like that with hops, right? Like dear teeth squeak. Um, this is sticky like sugary like syrupy sticky, um, but in a really nice way. Don't let that put you off. But this is not a, uh, this isn't a sitting on the dock crushing some tinnies with the, the crew. Um, this might be sitting on the dock watching the stars. That'd be nice. Maybe with a little, uh, <clears throat> shall we say a dried flower arrangement that may or may not catch fire. That's what we'll say. That'd be nice. I'm almost there right now, uh, but not quite because I'm not on a dock and I don't have a dried flower arrangement yet. Anyway, uh, we save that till after the podcast it makes it's better for everybody. Trust me. Definitely better for me. Almost certainly better for you. Uh, mm. Beer and Abozo says uh, those folks, he means Rorschach, are killing it. Damn. That's what I was saying before you guys got here, too. Yeah. Killing it. These IPAs are ridiculous. Should have bought more. They had like a triple IPA that I was really tempted to get, but I only had my mail satchel and I'm pretty limited in how much beer I can carry in it on my bike. Uh, so I went with four cans and four bottles and that was enough. Shoulder was pretty sore by the time I got home. And my shoulder was sore from hauling worm castings around. <laughs> Cause you needed to know that. Anyway, Hey Anthony, welcome aboard, bud. Uh, so that's what we got going down. This beer, I'm going to um, show it to you again. Uh, Ma Malevolent Benevolence from Rorschach. Uh, yeah, Anthony's saying, hey, weed's legal now. We don't need to be so secretive about it. Yeah, no, it's true. We don't. Um, I was thinking last night, total sidebar here, as uh, I was walking with my beloved and my dog um, down the street towards the lake. And uh, that's when I'll have a little of a little something and uh, I was having my, my little my little joint and uh, I got to thinking um, not so much with the dog now because the you know I need a hand on the leash hand on the joint uh, might have to pick up some dog excrement at some point and my wife she likes a vaporizer um, so she's got that you know it's sort of a two-handed operation pre-dog I would have taken out oh Polly's here too welcome buddy I would have taken out a beer in one hand joint in the other sat out front maybe walk down to the lake look at the moon something like that um but with the dog that's just it's hard i tend to leave the beer at home deal with that when i get home but i got thinking i thought man it's so dumb and and, and so last night i was doing this and i heard a, a siren and i uh, thought oh that might be a police car i don't know and it just got me thinking it's so dumb that i can walk down the street smoking a joint and like a police officer could come by and it's not even like they would give me a pass. It's perfectly legal, but I can't walk down the street drinking a beer. 
That makes no sense to me at all. And I know people have said this and whatever, but it really hit me last night. That's pretty stupid. Um, we need to work on that, guys. Open container laws. Come on. What are we worried about? We let people walk around. You could be walking down the street with a bong, taking hits off your bong. Perfectly legal. What is going on in this province? That's what happens when you elect a drug dealer. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, uh, stepping off that soapbox. I might soapbox again. No, not might. I am going to soapbox again. But uh, for now, let's jump back onto this beer. Anybody who just joined us, actually, we've had a few on, on between two different uh, platforms. Ma Malevolent Benevolence Rorschach Brewing. These are available right now. Now, I did not look. I'm hitting that bottle really hard, so I'm just going to pour out the last little bit. Let's look up Rorschach right now. I just assume every brewery in um, the world is doing delivery, but I have discovered that that is not the case and that there are breweries that are not doing uh, delivery. But look here. When I go to RorschachBrewing.com, and I will spell that for you. I don't know if you noticed, by the way, on the cameras. That's a very bright page. My face is just lightened right up. Uh, <clears throat> they say regional deliveries are now weekly. Every week we'll be visiting regions outside of Toronto to bring fresh craft beer to our fans outside the city. That sounds like there's regular inside the city deliveries. Uh, oh, yeah. Support local takeout available for pickup and delivery. That's food. Uh, but can I buy beer for delivery? Free Toronto same-day delivery seven days a week on orders over $50. Why haven't I done this? Well, because it's kind of on my way home. So uh, there you go. Oh, my gosh. Their photography is really nice. Paul, I see you here. Paul from Stormstead also makes very beautiful photos. But these are very nice photos, too. Man, they've got, like, bundles and... Oh, this is really cool. Oh. Oh, my gosh. So you can buy a la carte, like when you're at a sushi restaurant. You want one can of Truth Serum Double Dry Hopped IPA and one Reverie Passion Fruit Blood Orange Guava Dreamsicle Double IPA. Why didn't I get that? Uh, and one Telekinesis Double Dry Hopped IPA. You can do that. I mean, you're not going to get free delivery because that's not $50 worth of beer, but you can do that. But first of all, take a look at all of these. They got the Tall Boys bundle. Those are going to be beers that they have available in Tall Boys. The Reverie bundle, that Reverie sounded like they make it with some different fruits, so I bet it's got a couple of the different ones. Truth Serum bundle. They've got the Manevolent... Uh, still can't say that. Uh, Malevolent Benevolence Anniversary Bundle, which, by the way, is sold out. So suck an egg. They do still have bottles available, and I would highly recommend going in and buying them. The Tasting Flight Pack. The Hop Pack. They have a subscription pack. Holy moly. What a great... Oh, Rorschach, I'm really sorry I haven't been drawing more attention to what you're doing. This is really fantastic. Uh, okay. What were we saying? Rorschach. By the way, do you know how to spell that? It's R O R. S-C-H-A-C-H, -H. that's Rorschach, brewing, spelled the way you expect it to be spelled. As a fellow who's got an S-C-H in his name that can trip people up, I just wanted to let you know, that's how we spell it, R-O-R-S-C-H-A-C-H, -H. that's Rorschach. Um, 
Some people pronounce it Rorschach. Hey, you do you. I'm not going to judge. Anyway, check them out. Pick up at least some of this malevolent benevolence. It's real good. And holy moly, hedonism, strawberry, pineapple, guava, sorbet, sour IPA. Also, strawberry, peach, lemonade, sorbet, that's just a different way. Hearsay, Hawaiian punch, super sour smoothie. Oh, my goodness. Ugh. I could have spent a lot more money there today if I'd had this website sitting in front of me. Mmm. This is a fantastic beer, too. So that's what we're doing. Hey, let's talk about food. And and by the way, beer and a bozo, I see your question. I'm going to get to it. Um, let's talk about food. I mean, it's really jammy. Mmm. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Have some banana bread with this. Have some banana bread. Like a nice dark banana loaf, right? Not like the light one where you can see the little black wispy bits from the bananas. But you know, like Starbucks used to do the banana fig loaf and it was like brown and molassesy and figgy and banana-y. That would be really good with this. That'd be really nice. Um, fig obviously is going to tie in with the figginess in the beer already. Banana's going to add an interesting fruit layer that will play with that interesting dark jammy layer. That's why they combine the fig and the bread in the first place. Um, especially if you put a bit of butter on there. I don't know why, but it's better with butter, so just do it. And uh, that'd be really nice. That'd be a good way of doing it. Uh, otherwise, this is a cigar beer. If you are a cigar smoker, um, bless your soul, uh, and smoke them if you got them, as they say. Um, this would be I mean, I don't want to get too geeky with you. And to be honest with you, my chops with cigar branding and such, not branding, that's not the right word, varieties and such, um, not as good as it used to be. Uh, If you could get um, a a sort of spicier uh, cigar, I always like a Robusto myself, but you do you. Um, But here's the key. Maybe not a Connecticut Shade Leaf wrapper, but maybe a Maduro wrapper, right? The darker wrapper, which tends to give you a little bit more earthy quality and a little bit more spiciness on the smoke. Um, That could work really well with this. So if you like that, do that. If that's not your game, totally cool. No judgment here. Uh, So that's what we're eating and or drinking and smoking. What are we doing with this? Anyway, we're having a great time. Uh, Have this uh, at a campfire um, in the summer sitting... If you... I think when most people think about campfires, they think about like uh, cottages and that sort of thing. Campfire on a beach is a really nice thing. So hopefully at some point you can sit on a beach, hear the waves lapping at the shore, the crackle of the fire, the smell of the wood smoke, and sip some of this uh, this imperial stout real good. Mm. And I will say, I always say, <clears throat> uh, imperial stouts, stouts, porters, Baltic porters, etc., are a bit of a sleeper in summertime uh, culinary terms in that they work really well with barbecue. This one is going to be a little bit more challenging with that um, because it's so sweet and and it's got that really, really dark fruity thing where it could really excel is if instead of doing sort of like a traditional barbecue, like a pulled pork or some ribs or something like that, Although, actually, hang, hang hold, put a pin in ribs for a second. Um, but I was going to say, have you ever smoked your own ham? It's not a small undertaking, uh, but it would be an interesting uh, attempt. And the fruitiness of that beer and then smokiness could work really well with like a, a, a house smoked ham. In terms of ribs, 
don't go southern. Think like uh, Korean short ribs. But uh, so what I want you to do with this now, most people sort of um, braise uh, or, or um, you know, in the oven, that's how they do their short ribs. Start your short ribs in a sauce, sorry, on the smoker, and then move them to the sauce so that the ribs themselves have taken on some of the smoky character, and then you're going to finish them cooking in the sauce. And that could work really, really well with that. Um, some Korean short ribs. Uh, yeah, and I was going to apologize for all the meat, but no, the first thing I said was banana bread. So that's what I want to have with it. That's what I'm having. Banana bread. Delicious. Perfect. No, I'm not. I'm going to take these other three bottles and sit on the shore of Lake Ontario at night and sip them and let them warm the cockles of my cold heart. Hmm. Okay. Uh, we're, oh, I am not even looking at my timing here. Going to put back a thing with a timer. We're already over half an hour. Holy moly, guys, this is going to be a long one, which is fitting for such a big beer. Okay. First thing, I need to have one more sip of beer. Hang on. Hmm. That was worth it. Next thing, Beer Nabozo on Instagram asked, uh, you never explained how you knew Paul when you were 12 on that episode. Um, Paul, who's, uh, I think, still watching, uh, works at Stormstead Brewing down in London. Nice callback, by the way. Thank you for remembering that. Um, that said, I think we might have, but I will rehash. Uh, when Paul was but a young fellow of, I'm going to guess, 18 or 19, he was a skateboarding instructor at a summer camp in Muskoka called Muskoka Woods, uh, where I was a guest, which is what they call campers. And uh, Paul, funny enough, uh, I was going to say taught me, I suppose ostensibly he taught me. I don't believe he ever saw the fruits of his labor, unfortunately. Uh, but as a skateboarding instructor, he taught me a variety of things, but the predominant thing that he really was working with me on was a, uh, a board slide, uh, uh, which is a grind on a skateboard. It's the classic. It's the easiest one. I was doing it on the easiest rail and I wasn't a particularly coordinated kid, so I wasn't, uh, wasn't making good headway with that. Uh, suffice to say, um, with um, his tutelage in my past, uh, and then a lot of time skateboarding um, at home, um, I could board slide, and I could 50-50, and I could sort of 5-0, and I could crooked grind um, sometimes, but a lot of the time I missed and ended up just doing really lame board slides. Um, and I learned a bunch of things. And then I got old and started hurting myself when I would skateboard. And so I haven't done too much of it since. But every so often there's a kid on a skateboard and I like to show that I can still at least ollie and kickflip, which is hits and misses the kickflip. Especially because I'm tending to be in like blundstones, which are not great for skateboarding. But anyway, that's how Paul and I first met. Paul was a super cool and I was... Um, Smitten sounds probably a little more sexual than he would feel comfortable with. But uh, uh, as a young fellow, I believe Paul's probably five or six years older than me. Uh, and at that point, as a teenager, he was one of the coolest dudes I probably knew. Uh, and uh, that's how we first met. And then um, I don't know if we ever actually worked together at Muskoka Woods, because I subsequently worked there a bunch of years. But then we would bump into each other from time to time in the city, and he continued to be this very cool older guy who was a graphic designer, which just sounded very hip and cool. And, uh, 
And then I think we actually weirdly reconnected when I was just getting into writing about beer. And this is a weird story, but uh, I randomly reviewed a beer. It was Yellow Snow Lager uh, from from Rogue. And in the post, it was a blog post on torontobeerblog.com, probably still there if you look it up. I made some reference to the fact that it reminded me the picture, the silkscreen label and Rogue, you know, there's always a picture of a person or almost always in a Rogue label, or at least there used to be. can't remember the last time I had a Rogue beer. <laughs> Years. Um, and I commented, oh, the picture of the person in the Rogue label looks like this guy, Eric, who I used to work with at Muskoka Woods. Isn't that funny? Huh. And then like a week and a half later, there was a comment on that post and it was from Eric, who I don't exactly know. He'd like Googled his own name or something. And that had come up and and he remembered me and we reconnected, became friends on Facebook. We're not like tight or anything like that. We're only vaguely social medialy connected. And I actually can't even remember the last time I saw a post of his. Um, but around the same time, Paul also came across the blog uh, and was like, oh, isn't this weird? We've we've both kind of ended up interested in the same thing, which is craft beer. And I thought, oh, that is great. Paul and I have stayed more well connected and uh, uh, chat not quite frequently, but, you know, enough. We we, we keep in touch. And uh, he's still a solid dude, a uh, really good guy. And in terms of people I know, uh, one of the longest people I've known that I'm not related to. So that's something, Polly. You're the man. Uh, okay. 37 minutes. Good Lord. This is like I've got somebody I'm interviewing, but I'm not. I'm going to have another sip of beer and then I'm going to get the soapbox back out. So hang with me. Mm -mm -mm. Oh, that's good stuff. Oh, man, that's good. Um, I just need to look something up here because I want to get this person's Instagram uh, right. And, you know, if you're alive and existing in the world uh, on the Internet right now and you're interested in craft beer, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but I just I don't want to do this wrong. So let's just oh, my computer. Yeah, there we go. OK, so here's what we're doing. Hey, especially the people watching on Instagram, uh, but to a lesser extent, everybody else as well. You're on Instagram or hopefully watching somewhere else. You have access to Instagram. I want you to uh, pop over to at rat magnet. That is at sign R-A-T-M-A-G-N-E-T at rat magnet and check out her stories and her highlight reels. Uh, she brought up sexism in brewing and invited people to share stories. And let's just say people shared stories. She's now, I think, seven or eight highlight reels full of screen shares of the ones that people were comfortable with her sharing. Apparently, there are a lot that they were like, I'd prefer it if you didn't share this, but I just wanted to let you know. Um, so hop on there, uh, scroll through them all. I'm going to confess to you, I have not scrolled through all seven or eight reels or whatever it is now. I did when it was at like five. Uh, and it's, um, I mean, 
it's awful. It's awful reading. Um, terrible. Uh, it's not surprising. It's uh, pretty expected, unfortunately. Um, but it's just another really ugly reminder that as a culture and as a community, uh, we're still not there yet. Uh, you, personally listening, might think, I'm there, um, and I'm not going to judge. Maybe you are. Um, I tend to think everybody still has some space uh, to do work um, because, of course, it, it, it branched out and it, it wasn't just sexism. Of course, there was examples of racism and homophobia uh, and all sorts. So uh, speaking to you right now, as your friend uh, at the Toronto Beer blog uh, and Toronto Beer podcast, of course, haven't used the beer blog identifier in a while. Hmm. Uh, I'm not surprised. Um, I am upset because um, it's easy to lull myself into a sense of comfort because the main breweries that I frequent um, tend not to be the breweries in these um, examples. But my own very compressed bubble of space, which, to be fair, is you might say curated uh, with that in mind, um, is not a reflection of the culture as a whole. And uh, uh, it is awful to read what women and black people and uh, LGBTQS people, which, as noted, I identify as, uh, have to endure in uh, just pursuing the, the, the love and the passion of beer. Uh, it's not okay. So, um, whether you think you're good and okay or not, I would highly, highly, highly suggest going and reading, uh, these accounts because the first thing you need to do is stop and listen and let people tell you their truth. Um, oh, sorry, I'm just noticing interesting. Anthony said pretty unsettling how many there, there are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot. Um, so uh, the first thing you're going to need to do is actually engage it and hear it and um, and take it in. Um, you might find at times you think, oh, I could see how maybe that person thought they were just being funny. Sure, maybe they did. But it turns out actually what they were doing was hurting somebody. Uh, and your intent means nothing if it leads to. Uh, causing somebody else suffering. Um, so even if that's a very generous assessment of the situation, that's a person who needs to learn to do better. One of the ways we're all going to learn to do better is to read other stories and remind ourselves that these are actions and attitudes that we need to shed. Um, and we need to be honest with ourselves about where we still have those. And I've, I've told stories before. I'll tell them again. Um, I'm not innocent in this. I've I've participated in, uh, particularly around misogyny, around brewing. Um, it's just very easy for my brain to snap back into that it's predominantly a dude-centric thing. And uh, uh, I need to remind myself that just because it has been doesn't mean that women uh, don't want to engage and enjoy something that honestly brings me still to this day, 15 years later, so much um, joy and uh, wonder, like drinking this beer kind of blew my mind. And that's amazing that I can still do that. Um, and why wouldn't I want everybody to have that same experience? 
Sorry, I just wanted to have a sip and blow my mind again. But that's what I want you to do. Look up on on Instagram. To be honest with you, somebody smart probably has put together the whole list of it and put it somewhere smart. Um, but that's not something that I'm smart enough to do. But look up at Rat Magnet at R A T M A G N E T. Read the stories. Um, Listen to them, hear them, and then start thinking about how you need to change. And then the next step is to start being very intentional about doing business with breweries whose values align with yours. Now, if you're a douchebag and you think this is a bunch of whiny, hysterical women and homos, uh, then A, pretty much you can stop listening right now because we're never going to be friends. Uh, And B... Uh, go ahead and support some of the breweries they called out by name, because uh, there are a few. And if you're a giant dick and you want to support giant dicks, plenty to be supported, apparently. But rather, uh, what I want to see people who I hope are still listening, my friends here, uh, A, uh, you know, use your dollar as your vote and support breweries that have a track record of supporting uh, women and supporting uh, uh, people of color and supporting uh, LGBTQS2 people. I got some of those letters out of order, but you know what I'm saying. Um, and also, if you are in a position, particularly, pardon me, if you're in a position of power, and by power, I don't mean you're the brewer, but by power, I mean you have a voice that people listen to. And unfortunately, right now in our culture, that means likely you're male and white and probably straight. Uh, although certainly I'm only two out of three and people do listen to me. Call that out. When you see and hear examples of sexism and racism and homophobia and transphobia and ableism, which we haven't even brought up, you don't have to be a jerk when you call it out, but draw attention to it and say, that's not okay. And that doesn't align with my values. And be honest and be open, um, but be fearless. Because I promise you, even if everybody else in that room disagrees with you, you are right. And you can hold your head high knowing that you were right in saying that behavior is not okay and it needs to stop. And especially if it's a behavior that's being endorsed by the brewery in question, then first step is to stop financially supporting that brewery uh, or that establishment. They talk about bars and restaurants and all sorts. Um, we, of course, are talking about beer here, but this is a systemic problem, obviously, that we're still dealing with. But uh, use your voice if you if you have it and if you feel safe doing it. Um, if you are a person who identifies in any of those groups of, of maligned uh, people, uh, it is not your job to fix other people's problems. But if you are in a group that typically would identify as being the cause of those problems, use that position to uh, change and change other people. That's what I'm going to say. Anywho, oh, Ben Johnson's just joined in. Ben, you've missed pretty much everything, man. This podcast is bloody 50 minutes long now, almost 47. But uh, anyway, that's all I got. I'm going to step down off the soapbox, look up uh, Rat Magnet, uh, read the stories, be uh, upset by them, uh, and then make some changes in yourself and try and make some changes in your community. That's what I'm saying. And if you do that, reward yourself with a bottle of Malevolent Benevolence 
any of these barrel finishes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Ben. I'm not starting over. Uh, any of these barrel finishes are going to be real nice, real special. Uh, but uh, I tell you, this Añejo one is dried fruity out the window and uh, I'm enjoying it. I'm going to like it all night now. Although I also still have this much IPA to finish. You remember earlier when I said, guys, I'm not drinking all four of these. It's Monday. I'm not crazy. Mm. Well, I'm not drinking all four of them, but uh, we'll have to see what happens. Anywho, uh, hey, cool hanging out. And sorry if my video just paused on you. I just had a phone call. I didn't know that that could happen. Not that I couldn't get a phone call. I know I get phone calls. I didn't know that Instagram would pause. That was weird. Sorry for that. Uh, for everybody else uh, on YouTube and listening at home, uh, that's what happened, and you didn't need to hear any of that. But anyway, uh, hey, let's hang out next Monday. Uh, you know, around 9 p.m. I was a little late tonight. Whatever. Uh, oh, and next next Monday, it's Holiday Monday. It's Victoria Day weekend. Maybe I should do an English beer. Hmm. Hmm. What would be a good English style beer to toast uh, the second longest reigning female monarch in the world or something? I can't remember what. No, second longest reigning British monarch ever. The top two are both females. Good for them. And people talk about the patriarchy. <laughs> Come on, guys, everything's fine. Queen Elizabeth, right? She's got some, I don't know, political value. <laughs> Obviously, I'm joking. Uh, but yeah, maybe I'll do something British. Maybe something from friends of ours whose brewery is located at Mount Pleasant and Eglinton. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Ben thinks I should drink something expensive and ultimately useless to celebrate the monarchy. I mean, Ben, I think we should have a conversation about this, but uh, that's a funny bit. It's a good bit. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm going to take off. Have a good night. It's almost 10 o'clock. Guys, what a long app. I got to go to bed and I have basically a whole pint of beer to finish still. Well, have a good night. Take care of uh, people. Man, I know these vaccines, we got to get them in us and things will start to get easier, but we're in the you know when you see in the marathon and there's the person and they can barely get across the line and some other marathoners kind of pick them up and take them along? If you've still got some energy right now, you need to be a picker-upper, taker-alonger. Alternatively, if you're struggling and are dehydrated and um, possibly suffering from rhabdomyolysis or however you say that word, um, let some people come along with you and pick you up, okay? Uh, but seriously... If you're still running, grab the arm of somebody who looks like they're flagging because uh, we all need a bit of help. And uh, otherwise, be back next Monday drinking something. What did you say, Ben? Expensive and ultimately useless. Well, I think Ron Keefe will have a bone to pick with you about the uselessness, but we could probably do expensive. And uh, we'll talk at you in about seven days. Have a good night.